Today's episode of Nick's Picks is brought to you by ZachPad. ZachPad is now the official business card of Nick's Picks. ZachPad is a digital business card with unlimited storage, OCR scanning, and a built-in CRM. Download the app today to get your free business card. So today I brought on Michael Sohikish of San Diego State Basketball, a graduate assistant, former player, and former manager. He's lived three different lives and with the anticipation of the tournament for the first time in two years, I brought him in live from the bubble to talk about everything Aztec basketball, what it's like being in the bubble, and then we discussed the potential matchup between former coach Brian Dutcher and former player Juwan Howard of University of Michigan, a potential Final Four matchup later on in the tournament, and then to end it, we discussed our three favorite sports movies of all time. As always, it's going to be an exciting episode. So let's get to the show. And now, cue the music. live from the bubble michael tell me how is it it's it's not too bad we've been here for almost four days coming up on our fourth full day here um it hasn't been too bad food's been good we've been keeping busy surprisingly and yeah nothing too much to complain about actually so you arrived what then march 13th yeah i believe so whatever day uh whatever day uh sunday was Worst case scenario, you're only going to be there until, what, April 6th or 7th, whenever the national championship game is, hopefully. Yeah, worst case. Worst case. <laughs> Which would be the best case. Right. And uh, last time we spoke, it was – I released our last episode January 3rd, but I know we spoke a couple days before that. And when we spoke, the Aztecs were 6-1, and one, top 20 in the country, and then Colorado State happened, which – walk me through that probably the beginning of what was a bad four or five game skid but then after that things turned around yeah so that one wasn't is not going to be a it's going to be a famous game in Aztec history but not for the right reasons and we were up 26 um we got into a scoring rut and then you know basketball is a game of runs and they just happened to stay on theirs longer than we did and we ended up losing the game by three but we were able to bounce back the next game and I think we beat them like 78-65 the next game. So it wasn't it was a high scoring game for us too. But you know, that first game definitely they they caught us on a on a rough night for sure. And I know after that, the back-to-back losses to Utah State in Utah, 4,500 degrees mm-hmm. elevation. So that's always tough. But imagine if that Colorado State game did not you did not lose that game. You lost the two Utah State games. You beat them though in the championship. And you got a modest, a very good six seed. But if that didn't happen, I mean, maybe you guys are a four or five seed. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's easy to look in, uh, look in the past and see what games that we could have pulled off and where that might have put us in March. But right now, we're just happy to be here. And honestly, we're, we are happy to get one back on Utah State, especially after two years seeing them in the championship game and then coming out with losses. It was good for, for us and the guys to come out with the win um, this past Saturday. It's good to see that turn around, but let's move on to Syracuse, SDSU. And of course, everyone's predicting Syracuse just because they come from a power five, but I kind of think that's BS. 
this is a good SDSU team that I think should be given a little more respect than they are. I mean, they're 33rd in the country in three-point percentage and also play, as always, very stingy D. I mean, you know this just as well as I do. I mean, you we've been at, we've had ties just as close to San Diego State as as each other, and we kind of understand the stigma that comes of being a Mountain West mid-major school, despite us having massive success over the years, especially with various players coming out into the NBA and um, putting on for the conference and various teams putting on for the conference um, in March runs. And we're, we're used to, we're used to that stigma and, you know, we're, we're six seed. We're fine with where we are. And as for Syracuse, I mean, we've only played them once in what the last decade or so. And that was outdoors on the boat. So we did play them. We did play them once, once in the last decade. And, and honestly, looking back on that film and looking at them now, their defense has not changed. Um, Jim Beheim's a great coach, and he keeps keeps true to his defensive schemes, which is that extended uh, extended two three zone. And they're massive. They're the same Syracuse team as always, and it always comes down to personnel at the end of the day. Who's going to make the big shots? Who's going to make the big plays? And that's what we're built for in March. They were they weren't even going to make the tournament. And I know a couple of years ago or five, six years ago, they weren't even supposed to make the tournament. They end up making the final four that season. And I just right. feel like there's this stigma with power conferences and they're not the same team they were back in 2012, 13. They had three, four guys go on to the NBA and no offense to Syracuse, their best player is the coach's son this year. And I know he's good. He's good. Yeah. He's averaged mm-hmm. like four, three games over the last eight games, but yeah, SCSU just doesn't get the respect, and we'll see. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but looking at the side of the bracket that SCSU is on, like, they have a legitimate shot at an Elite Eight, at a Final Four. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because the tournament hasn't even started yet, but have you and the team scoured that side of the bracket and seen who you guys need to face to get to that final weekend? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's always it's always hard not to on Selection Sunday to see – to just look ahead and see what might be might be on your way. So obviously on the other side of the games that we're playing is Moorhead State and West Virginia. Those are two great teams. And just like just flat out, there's no bad teams in March. Mm-hmm. There's no you're not gonna be able to punk anyone here. These are the best 64 or 60, technically 68 teams in the country. And they're all fighting to be that that last team standings. So um, yeah, we've seen we have potentially Moorhead State or West Virginia ahead of us. And then furthermore, we might see Houston down the line, um, which we we actually played them my junior year in the tournament, which is the last time we actually were at the March Madness tournament. And we lost in a in a very close game. They're a great team, very, very defensive heavy, led by a great coach. So, you know, we definitely look down the line to see who we might have potentially. But ultimately, we're always focused on the game that, mm. the, as Coach Dutch says, the most important game is the one we're playing. And that's going to be Syracuse on Friday. Exactly. You need that mentality because, yeah, you don't want to look ahead because then you're going to end up losing that first game. Moving on, where's this team rank in terms of the memories you have since 2014? I wanted to include Kawhi Leonard, but I know you weren't there for that. But this team must rank pretty high in your mind in terms of the best teams you've been around. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just simply because of. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to really judge that because this season has been just so unique in so many different ways, whether it's the games we've played, um, the training that went into all of this, all the precautions, all the protocols that we had to follow is very unique. And I think I said this last time, like I couldn't be more proud of the way our guys responded. It takes a special group of guys to 
come together each and every day, uh, keep the big picture, the big picture. And which is, we want to play basketball games. We wanted to make it to March and we're here. So it's, it was very tough to compare everything, but right now I just, like I said before, I couldn't be more proud of this team and um, we're just looking forward to seeing where this team uh, can take us. So you guys arrived on Sunday and I think you had to quarantine for what, 72 hours? Oh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't 72. It was more, it was more closer to 24 hours. So it wasn't too bad. Um, we got in off of an early, early charter flight from Vegas. Um, I think our flight was 8 a.m., which was coming off of a, a championship game. So the guys were tired. We were tired. Got to wake up the early the next day, get here. And we ended up getting in with the time changes and all due to the daylight savings and just going to Eastern time. I think we ended up checking in and getting our first COVID test in around like 6.30 or 7 in the evening. And then right after that, we went straight up to the rooms. Uh, each, of, each of us had our own room, had our, had our meals delivered us to our door. And the next day we tested again at seven. And then once we got that second test in, we were good to go. What did you do to buy the time? I guess it, it was only 24 hours, so it wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. Watch anything good? Or uh, like- Yeah, I watched a lot of Syracuse games. That's exactly <laughs> what I did. I was <laughs> so going to say, watch a lot Sunday. of film. Yeah, so it was a lot, a lot of film watching, a lot of cutting, uh, trying to get things ready for the coaches and for the guys to watch. Um, and with that quick turnaround, you know, just you'd look for the look for the best games they played, the most recent games. And it was always it's always good to uh, scout in March because they play everyone plays the best at the end of the season. So it was good games to watch. Um, they're a talented team and it should be a fun one on Friday. It's crazy to think it's been two full years since the country has had the NCAA tournament, March Madness. It's the only thing I think it's the. One time where everyone really pays attention to college basketball, especially that first weekend, you have game after game after game. You guys tip off on Friday, so you're the first day of the tournament. What are you guys going to do to prepare you yourself to prepare for the game on Friday? Any specific ritual that you guys go through or anything? Uh, you know, we we all each have our own, our own thing that we do. I personally um, just go through the day like I would any game, whether it's uh, first game of the season or first game of the NCAA tournament, it's all the same. Um, that's how I treated it when I was a player, when I was a manager, and now as a GA, I, I somewhat treat it the same. I can't speak on behalf of the other guys, but uh, since it's a late tip, you know, we just got a lot of laying around, so we'll probably get some stretching in, get a good shoot around in, get a nice lather going, and warm up and get, get ready to go for that late tip. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but you know what would be a great matchup is Michigan versus San Diego State. The coach and the guy who recruited Jawan Howard versus the new, recently new head coach of Michigan, former player, and uh, not starting any rumors here, but I think you might have seen the the alert that uh, he's already being looked at by NBA teams, which honestly he should be because quite a tremendous job for someone who's like. Yeah, never been a head coach at any level. He's been an assistant for the Miami Heat with LeBron James, so that's always good experience. But what do you think he should do? Uh, coach Juwan Howard? Yes. Mm. If you were him, do you think it's stay at Michigan, build a legacy, the school you went to, or just jump to the NBA where it's just a different world? And I feel like within two, three years, if things don't go well, you're out of job. Whereas in Michigan, you can stay there for the next 20, 25 years, and you can be a legend have a statue built of you. 
Yeah, that, that always goes into the personal preference of the coach, in my opinion, because we've seen plenty of uh, plenty of college coaches go to the NBA for the first time, and then they find out that they a they either don't like it or uh, two that there's a lot of a lot of more there's way more differences than they thought it was going to be in okay. terms of being able to function around the job and just maneuver around within the NBA industry. I was just going to say it's different in terms of the sense that like those are grown men. They're not students. They're not still young adults where they don't have the mm-hmm. same kind of, I don't want to say control, but power that they do at a university. Like look at uh, John Bayline mm-hmm. from Michigan. He went to Cleveland and I mean, I think he's already, yeah, he was already act. So it's just like, it's a different game. Yeah, exactly. Like call it college basketball is a much more, much more intimate experience than at the professional level. At the professional level, it's very, it's very business-like as it is. It's a, it's a business at the end of the day. People are there to not only play the game, but also to provide for their families. And in college, you're kind of, as a coach, you're, you're bringing in young men and then hopefully you're leaving or they're leaving your program as uh, full-fledged adults and young men that are ready to take on the world, whether it's in basketball or in a new chapter of their life. So it really depends on what you want to do as a coach and what your mission statement is at the end of the day. Now, I definitely understand that. And I'm going to make this a little easier on you. We're going to pencil SDSU in the final four. Who are your other three teams on the other three sides? Ooh, that's tough for me personally, because I haven't really looked at the other side. Yeah, I know I've you're not really you're not filling out any tournament brackets. I know that. Yeah, no, but and honestly, I haven't even had a chance to look at the other sides of the brackets. But I would probably assume, just from the games I've seen, I I feel like Gonzaga is going to end up in there. Um, I could see I could see Baylor in there, mm-hmm. and hmm, who else? Who else could be in there? Very interesting. Who do you have in your in your bag? Because I know I, you filled that one. I just filled one out last night. Finally. I did put Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. I did put Baylor because I just think they've been the best teams all year round. And this Gonzaga team is, I think we say this every year, this is the best Gonzaga team ever. They're finally going to win it all. But I think the BPI gave them a 28% chance of winning, which is just, that's almost a third. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. So yes, Gonzaga, Baylor. And then I had my, you have to throw in like a team. I didn't throw too low of a seed in, but I threw in, Texas, and then, unfortunately, I'm going to say I took Oklahoma State on your side of the bracket. So I I, I put SDSU in the Elite Eight. That's fair. That, That's that, fair. That I would, mean, you're, not, you're not a loyal Aztec, but it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I'm a realist when it comes to these things. I mean, I would love SDSU to make the Final Four, and I think, I think they have the tools to do it because this is what wins in March is what I've seen. It's defense. It's seniors senior-led teams which sdsu has they have two seniors who are their two best players and jesus jordan shackle can we talk about him for a sec the guy is unbelievable he is all time the guy shot 46 percent from three he's clay thompson the man can shoot the rock jay strap that's he has the nickname for a reason i'm hoping one of these guys one of these two guys get a chance at the league and i think I think either of them can, and Jordan Shackle, I mean, look at how the NBA is played. If you can shoot the three, you're going to find mm-hmm. a spot. You're going to find a team, at least in the G League, and he's he's not small either. He's 6'6". 
he's a big shooter. He's like a if Steve Kerr was three inches taller. Those are the three teams I have. What are your thoughts on Texas? Because I don't know if you know this, but the great state of Texas has not won an NCAA tournament since 1966, and that was made into a Disney Channel movie. Uh, what movie Glory, was it? Glory Road. I have not seen it. Really? It's one of- I have not I have not seen it. I honestly I didn't even know that movie existed until you told me that. <laughs> it's I'm not gonna lie. It is um the historical the historical context is it's the first time five black players started in an NCAA championship game, which is uh-huh. let's just say it out it is it's laughable because that's like almost every year now. But uh-huh. back then in nineteen sixty six that was a huge deal and it's a great movie. Highly recommend. Oh, is that is that is that based on UTEP's team? Yes, before oh, they okay. before they were before UTEP. they were UTEP. That is definitely a movie. I put it up there with. I mean, it's a little dramatized as a Disney Channel movie is. Like, not everything in it is true. And if you ever have you you've seen Remember the Titans, right? Of course. Have you ever Googled the, the facts on Remember the Titans? It kind of ruins mm-hmm. the movie for you. No. What, what's the what's so, the backstory on that? So the championship game where yeah. they have this amazing comeback and they have that run play that wins them the game. Uh, um, the championship game was a blowout. They won like 28, nothing. Uh, <laughs> it, it was actually an earlier game. I think in the season that they based off that championship game. Mm-hmm. You want to know one of my, you want to know one of my favorite sports movies of all time. I actually was going to get you into that. Cause you know, the show here is called Nick's pick. So I'm going to take a quick break and I want you to think of your top five sports movies that might be a little bit tough to do after this break, but I'm going to leave you with that. And this episode is brought to you by Yerba's Yerba Monte Hard Seltzer. It has everything that young people want in their alcoholic beverage, no sugar, no artificial sweeteners, and it's got the buzzwords to match, gluten-free and vegan-friendly. Now available in over 115 locations across San Diego, Long Beach, and Orange County. You don't know you're drinking alcohol till you're buzzed. Now, Back to the show. I know that was only like 30 seconds, but would it be easier if I gave you a top three instead of a top five? Yes, top five. I was like, five sports movies? I'm, I'm literally Googling sports movies right now. Since I only gave you a little bit of time, I already have this in my notes somewhere. I just keep random lists like this together. Of so course I'll you get, do. I'll I'm not first. shocked. <laughs> so number three. And it's actually because I'm a former SDSU player. He just told me how it was. This is how college goes. So number three is he got game because it just shows a real dive into how, and we're not going to go too much into this, how the game of college basketball sometimes works. There are backhand deals and stuff like that happens, but he got game, Denzel Washington, Ray Allen, who does give pretty good performance for someone who's never acted before. And I'm not surprised. He just seems he's very OCD, like with his routine and everything. So I can see him being a very big perfectionist when it comes to anything he does. So he got game number three. Number two, Rush. It is uh, Formula One racing about Nikki Lotta and James Hunt. Very good one. Have you seen Rush? I have not. Highly recommend. And then lastly, this might be a little bit biased, but Moneyball. That's fair. I think that was one of the best sports movies of all time. I mean, I'm putting it number one right here. I am omitting, though, 
probably one of my favorites of all time, Coach Carter. That's, That's speech, a good one, too. That speech he gives, or that one of his players gives, what are you afraid, or what is your deepest fear? Oh, that scene just chokes me up every time. So That's a great movie. Moving on to you, Michael. All right. I'm trying to rank them as it might be kind of difficult. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it in no particular order just because I'm just going to uh, – it's going to hedge, hedge my low, hedge my, uh, hedge my rankings. But one of them would have to be, uh, we'll go uh, Friday night lights. I really like that movie simply because it's, it doesn't end in the best no possible. And it's very real. You can put all this work in, you can be as locked in as you want, but sometimes you may come up short and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a real feeling. That's a real, that's a real aspects of sports and just in life in general. Like you may, it may not be enough, but at the end of the day, what all those players that they, at least they portrayed in that movie is that they all took, they all took those bonds with them forever, all those memories. And that's like, those are memories they'll have for a lifetime. And number two or the second one rather would be, would probably be, he got game as well. And like you said, it's a very real insight into what college athletics somewhat is before they get to college and also Ray Allen was great in that movie Denzel was great in that movie the shoes were sick and I thought the scenes in those those movies were great simply because like, it looked like real basketball it felt like real basketball the the talk the talk felt real it was it was really fun to watch did you know basketball that basketball game between Denzel Washington and Ray Allen at the end Denzel Washington actually scored I believe the first two points on Ray Allen when he was somewhat trying he wasn't hey, going hey. full throttle yet but hey good for denzel because he was denzel can get buck- he can get buckets i guess he was like 40 he was like 35 40 when that movie was shot <laughs> <laughs> and for my last one it would be space jam because come on right let me ask you are you pumped for this summer space jam 2 oh yeah i'm i'm interested it doesn't uh i know some people have their feelings uh made up already simply because it's, it's lebron and you know I, i'm a michael jordan fan i'm a kobe fan and you know i, I i'm also a lebron fan i like basketball i like what he brings to the game i don't have any feelings towards who's in it who's not i'm just excited that we're gonna see another crack at it and uh you know it's gonna be interesting to see the tune squad back together and i mean who who can hate on that right no, exactly. And I think uh, I love LeBron James. I think you know that. I think he is a tremendous, not just basketball player, but human being. But I think there might be getting to the point we are getting a little bit over the whole LeBron James media thing. I personally mm-hmm. am not, but I could see how the rest of the country could be. Do you think Michael Jordan should be making a cameo in Space Jam 2? It's only right. I would love it? to see Michael Jordan make a cameo in Space Jam 2. <laughs> that would be so awesome. But you know, I, I I don't know if he I don't know if he'd be down for it. Honestly, you never know. I, he's a busy he, man. It was tough enough for him to do the last dance like that. That took a couple yeah, of years a, to convince him. That's a lot. Exactly, it's a lot. Well, I could sit here and talk all day about sports documentaries and movies. I kind of wish we would have made a list out of our documentaries instead, because God, those Thirty for Thirties, the Dream Team mm-hmm. one on NBA TV, those are all great films. Last question. I know it's going to be tough to answer, and I've already asked you it, but you didn't list it out. Name the top three teams that were your favorite of being part of. So there's six right now. Six teams you've been a part of? Right. 
Okay. List them in no particular order. Yeah, no particular order. I can do that for sure. Um, first, like, well, I'm going to start with uh, the team uh, my freshman year when I was a manager at San Diego State. I'm going to list that one simply because, you know, I was, I was a 17-year-old kid coming into a program not really knowing exactly what the inner workings of college basketball was. And I was lucky enough to be mentored by a lot of a lot of great young guys like like you, Coop, B-Fish, Chad, <laughs> You know, like the whole gang back in the day. Did you wish B Fisher happy birthday yesterday? I did not know it was his birthday yesterday. That's the only reason I have Facebook. But hey, continue. Yeah. So, and then you know, just the guys on that team. You know, like JJ, Dwayne, AQ. Uh, you know, like all the like the seniors on that team. They were, they were, they you know, they were they were great young men. They were really fun to be around. They taught me a lot. They were really cool guys and. And, you know, we, we had a good run that year. We, we made it to the NCAA tournament. Uh, we won the first game, but ended up uh, ended up losing against Duke, who ended up becoming national champions at the end of the day. So can't really knock yourself on that. But it was just a great, great experience, especially um, being around that coaching staff with Fish at the head. And let's see, the other team I'm, I, I would rank would be my, my junior year team. I was on the team at this point. We made it to the NCAA tournament. And that was a yeah, that tough was, game. That was a tough, it was a game. tough game. It was a tough game. And, you know, we played our hearts out, but like, like we said, uh, coming up short is a real part of, is a real part of sports and a real part of life. And unfortunately it didn't end the way we wanted to, but like we have all those memories together and, you know, it was really cool just being part of that team. And especially uh, it was weird. Cause you know, like I played Trey Kell like all through high school and then, we ended up being teammates down the line and uh, it was really cool to see his success uh, to the end of his uh, collegiate career. And now he's doing great things overseas and beyond. So it was really cool to see, like just finish, finish all of that. And then lastly would be this team, you know, like I said earlier, really unique season, but the only reason we're here is because like, of the, the great program that we built and it's all on, on the foundation that our players built and from previous years and this year, because this year was so unique. We had many protocols we had to handle, a lot of hoops that we had to jump through, and uh, we found a way to make it happen. And uh, it wasn't only because of our basketball program, but it was also our administration, our athletic department. So it was a big, it was a big group effort to get us here today. Especially and, with COVID. And after those back-to-back Utah State losses, you guys could have hung your heads, moped. But after that, you guys went on a tear you were just mm-hmm. ki- I mean it was the weaker part of the Mountain West but you guys were just killing everyone in your path like mm-hmm. not just by 10 but 20 30 points like game after game it was amazing yeah. to watch and it's a good redemption story and yeah it take, takes a special group of guys to go on the two-month winning streak I'll tell you that much it's amazing to mm-hmm. see yeah last time we lost was Utah State which was January 16th it's March 18th now and it's crazy to think with all the success Steve Fisher had in his time at San Diego State, Brian Dutcher, like the last two seasons alone, you guys are combined 54 in six. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That does not happen often without what you said, a great program that's been built, a great coaching staff, some of them that have been together for now 20 plus years. Right. Well, Michael. Thank you as always for coming on. I know you got you have to get going. It's about to be a long weekend for you. Hopefully, a long weekend and a long and a couple long weeks to come. Right. Exactly. Thanks for having me as always. I'm always uh, always happy to hop on. 
Talk soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.